from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Let's get it. The UNC women started the week with a win over NC State. And last night, they handed the Duke women their first ACC loss of the season. Deja Kelly with 19 points to lead the Tar Heels to a 61-56 win over Duke. This is pretty impressive. I know uh, in the offseason, there was a lot of hand-wringing over Courtney Bangar, North Carolina's, North Carolina's coach, right? And there were comments about NC State and who's relevant, who's not, and she had to send an apology, which I disagreed with. To me, my, my, own, my, only, my only issue was let's go through some of this and get your notches with the rivalry and then we can start really getting involved, right? Because that's what makes it fun. Well, Courtney Bangar has done exactly that. Uh, had taken last year's comments about big gyms, little gyms, off-season comments about who's relevant, who's not, and ran, you know, we talked about Jillio genre gauntlets. A gauntlet this week. There's no other way to put it. You got uh, a lot of hype coming into the NC State game in Chapel Hill. Did the damn thing. Then you got to, as you like to say, Joe, reload the musket in another rivalry game with Duke coming to your building on Thursday, another sold-out building. Do it again. And they did it with defense. And they did it with a a little bit of a Jordan flu game, by the way, where Alyssa Utsby uh, had an IV. They thought maybe it was, you know, they don't know what it was. They were hoping that she could actually play. She's hooked up to an IV earlier in the day, and she contributes big. Here's Courtney Bangard after the game. And then we just got a bunch of gamers. You know, Alyssa was... Do you mind if I share? She was on a hooked on an IV this morning. Um, you know, she's COVID negative, she's strep negative, but she's, uh, I got a, that text first thing in the morning and I was like, oh God. Um, and then I saw her a couple hours later and I was like, we're all right. She'll be all right. Um, and then, I mean, I'm glad Deja Kelly's a Tar Heel. So that's all I got. <laughs> Deja Kelly had some moves last night that were pretty entertaining as well. Here's Banger on having these. It's not just wins over NC State and Duke, ranked wins. It's three straight ranked wins. Uh, I think five ranked wins total this season. Beating Notre Dame at home and then beating NC State at home and then beating Duke at home all in a row. Um, that that I can't get away from the collective there. You know, you're sitting at 0-3, games that we had a chance to win all of them, um, and you're looking at what's ahead, right? You see all those games and... Um, you know, I don't know how many I don't know how many times you've gotten NC State and Duke back to back. I don't know how many times they've been ranked back to back, um, and I don't know how many times that those games were won by the Tar Heels back to back. So, this is the first one. well, see, that's why we bring Dana because <laughs> she does that. Well, this is the first time, so um, yeah, that, that's really special. That's Cordy Bangart, North Carolina coach, after last night's win against Duke. Joe, you called this. It's they're supposed to be a good team this year. You can say you're going to be a good team. You can be expected to be a good team. You actually got to go out there and prove it, and that's exactly what the Tar Heels have done. Yeah, I remember last year they were ahead of schedule yep. by beating Arizona and getting into the Sweet 16. And in women's basketball, the best part about it is all the continuity that we miss in men's basketball exists in women's basketball. So Carolina is going to have an even better team next year because that's that's the kind of veteran group that they're going to have. Uh Banghart mentioned that they started slow, 0-3 in the league, but they've won four in a row. Then they're starting to find their stride. And the ACC Women's Tournament is going to be really good because while I believe in, in Carolina and what they could be this year, mm-hmm. Duke was 6-0 and going into last night's game. And, of course, you know, Wes Moore is still going to have a competitive team yeah, too. Yeah, But, you know, 
last year was state's year to kind of make a little hay and they you know they won three ACC titles in a row mm-hmm. but they had a group shuffle in now he's got to put he's got to bring a new group through so it's the uh, one of the most brilliant things you've said Joe is actually related to the women's side of ACC basketball for those lamenting about how basketball was yeah well it's still going on not on the men's side of things but if the things that you miss about the ACC well you can find them in the women's side players that are sticking through rosters that are built over time and, and they're also good teams and there's good teams all three of them are good teams yep. So that's happening right now on the women's side of things. Next up. One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. To the divisional rounds of the NFL playoffs. We'll start with the AFC, where the Bengals and the Bills are the most intriguing matchup here. Uh, the reason why is, look, are 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 the Bengals going to do it again, right? I can, I can envision them beating the Buffalo Bills even if they are banged up. I know the biggest issues right now are on the offensive line. However, Joe Burrow still healthy. Jamar Chase still I, healthy. I feel like I jinxed the Bengals. Maybe you did, <laughs> they're, but here's they're the now th- missing sixty percent of their offensive line. Yeah. And here I was worried about the Bills losing Von Miller because remember, mm-hmm. my first answer was the Bills. I then, know. then then Micah Hyde gets hurt, and I'm I'm like, okay, it'll be okay. But and then Von Miller gets hurt. I'm like, no, the the Bills aren't going to do it. But here they are. Playing a bang, a banged up Bengals offensive line. It is, but the the issue that I've got with the Bills, and speaking of, you know, I've, I've been banging this drum all week. My concern would simply be with Josh Allen. Um, one, it's the turnovers. Two, the offense has, and I know the the Ringer did a feature on this today about the biggest problem with the Bengals right now, or I'm, I'm sorry, the Bills is they keep taking deep shots when they shouldn't be taking deep shots. The high risk, high reward, those deep shots are not paying off for them. Uh, and this is something that you and I have talked about with Josh Allen, too. you got to get back to what has made you successful, and a lot of that is running the ball. Uh, and that hasn't necessarily been the case for Josh Allen. So that's where I, that's where my big red flag would be for the Buffalo Bills. Bengals injury issues aside, is Josh Allen going to give Joe Burrow opportunities to make them pay? That's the question. I just worry about the Bengals' offensive line. Their defense is definitely underrated. The Bengals' defense is definitely underrated, but... Also, something to keep an eye on. Evan McPherson last year didn't miss a kick. He was nails in the playoffs. He's had the yips of his own, the Bengals kicker. So that that could be a real key factor, especially up in that weather up in New York. Next up. Meanwhile, on the NFC side, the biggest game to me, Joe, is is not the drama surrounding the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. It's the Giants and Danny Dimes. Daniel Jones, Charlotte's Daniel Jones, Dukes, Daniel Jones look like a player we had not seen previously in the Giants win over the Minnesota Vikings last week in the wild card round. The question is, was that a product of the Vikings defense being that bad? Because while you say, or maybe the ringer says that the Bills take too many shots down the field, I say the Bills don't have Brian Dayball anymore. That's yeah. what I say. Not that the Bills offense is like, you know, falling off a cliff. But when I watch the Giants and I watch guys run wide open, Joe, wide open. What was the biggest problem? With the, what was the biggest problem with the Minnesota Vikings all season? Their defense, and then they won game. They won a. They went eleven and zero in close games. Yeah. So they had a little bit of luck on their side. You mentioned the defense, which has been a sieve. What was the What was the point differential? It was one of the weirdest Negative. things. Yeah. Yeah. So that's 
It really, you need things going your way to to have the season you had. Thirteen and four with a negative point with a negative it's point like differential. All right, just pointing that out there. So I do think it's a little bit of a byproduct of the Vikings and good on the Giants for taking advantage of it. I'm still having a hard time, and maybe this is me getting too wrapped up in how people talk up in New York. Hey, I'm walking here. But every time they would finish that sentence, they would also say, hey, Daniel Jones, he's a bum. Right? Like, there was a game. I forgot. You're getting what, better at that. I'm trying. Yeah. There was a – I forgot what week it was, but I remember listening to, to Greenberg's show on ESPN, and they were, like, all in unison saying – so who's the quarterback going to yeah. be next well, season? Well, they got smoked by the Eagles That's up what it at was. the Meadowlands. That's what it was. And I remember, I think I j- jokingly tweeted, Daniel Jones, Carolina Panthers quarterback. He's coming home to Charlotte. Coming home. You know? So now, all of a sudden, he has four more touchdowns this season than the last two seasons, and suddenly he's the next franchise QB. We call I think it- it's because of the way he actually played That's in fine. that game. That's fair. That's fair. Because that was at a level we had not seen him do. Yeah. You know? I also think the Giants' defense, Kayvon Thibodeau, was the seal of the draft, in my opinion. I know there were questions about his, you know, his attitude. There were questions about some injuries, but he's been a true difference maker at defensive end for the Giants, and that's going to be a big concern for the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. Next up. Number two. Saturday, NC State goes to Chapel Hill, taking on the Tar Heels. We find ourselves in a weird, bizarro world. The next Stranger Things season hasn't started, right? It has NC it, State basketball. It's in the upside North down. North Carolina basketball. We are in the upside down. We are down. in the upside down. Hopper's going to be there watching North Carolina need to beat State for a Q1 win opportunity. Do I have this right? UNC at 1 and 6 in Quadrant 1 games. I'm so confused. Man. Is hosting NC State, and it's a Q1 game. That's crazy to for me. For both teams. So crazy to me. So both crazy teams. for me. Carolina's won 17 of 19 at the Smith Center against the Wolfpack. Hubert Davis had some media availability today. He talked up the play of Terquavia on Smith. NC State's in this position right now because Smith has come back. He's improved his game. Him and Jarkel Joyner play off each other pretty nicely. Here's Hubert Davis on what to expect from Baby T. Well, he's a fantastic player. Um, he's, um, he's a basketball player, and that's that's the thing that I can compliment him the most. Yes, he's he has a gift to be able to score. Uh, he's just he can score at all three levels, and he has the ability, whomever is guarding him, to be able to create a shot for himself and for his teammates at any given time. And he's he's just that good. Uh, but he gets after it on the defensive end, and I don't know where he ranks in terms of assists, but it's up there in terms of the ACC. So. Um, he's making guys better, and um, he's a wonderful player. He's fun to watch, and it's going to be exciting to be able to compete against him tomorrow. That's Hubert Davis, North Carolina head basketball coach. Now, something that you and I have talked about is the difficulty NC State has in defending how Carolina likes to play, specifically another year where they have to try and stop Armando Baycott. Some speculation that Dusan Mahorsha could be back, maybe? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Um, is DJ Burns that guy who can counter what Armando Baycott is doing? He's come on, and we, we've been talking about Terquavion Smith and Jarkel Joyner, but DJ Burns has kind of been instant offense at times for the Wolfpack. Hubert Davis talked up the big man yes, uh, earlier today. 
it's very difficult. It's extremely difficult because, you know, he, he has a gift at being able to score around the basket. You know, he just can. He, you know, he does a really good job of getting the position uh, down low on the block and, you know, his ability to use his size to be able to create space to score consistently um, down low on the block is, is a huge problem. Um, every night he steps on the floor. Um, what makes him even more difficult to defend is, you know, normally you can just say, okay, let's just go double team him. You know, you, you can't do that. You know, it's, it's because uh, he's such a gifted passer. You know, he's, he's um, almost like a second point guard out there and giving his ability is great vision. Um, not only is, is he a really good passer, he's also somebody that gets the ball to the right person at the right time where they can actually do something with it. And so, um, He's playing at extremely high level. He's, as I said before, he's extremely gifted, and it's going to be fun to watch um, the matchup, you know, between him and and our bigs. That's Hubert Davis, North Carolina head coach. Hubert Davis sounds like Scott Wood on this week's episode of Pack Therapy. <laughs> Check us out: Apple, Spotify, the Googles, you name it. Pack Therapy, new episode this week. Who you guys got? Scott Wood. No, 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 no. Who you guys got in the game? Oh, uh, yeah, I picked Carolina. Okay, okay. Scott yeah, I felt an obligation to take the Wolfpack. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Let's get to the top story of the day. The number one story of the day. We're number one! We're number one! Kane's got a great win last night against the, the Wild. Everything looked like, hey, here it is. You know, Pacioretty's back. 5-2. Power play needs some work, whatever. And then the worst possible thing happened at the end of the game with 19 seconds left. Pacioretty looked like he re-injured that Achilles tear, did it again. Worst case scenario, we'll discuss next. So when I was looking to transfer, it was um, a lot of one-on-one, and it didn't feel like I got lost in a huge university because I knew that if I came here, there was going to be someone I could talk to about every aspect of the courses I needed to take, but also too, I loved the smaller classroom sizes and I liked how interactive and immersive all of the learning was going to be. It wasn't just going to be me sitting in a room with a couple hundred people and a professor who didn't know my name. To find out more about transferring to William Peace University, visit peace.edu. Speaking of podcasts, Adam Gold does the Canes Corner Podcast brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Canes get the win last night but they get potentially terrible news in Max Pacioretty with another lower body injury. Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Let's do that hockey. All right, fellas, I got two minutes for a very disappointing 5-2 win over the Minnesota Wild, one of the best teams in the NHL, playing better than anybody else in the Western Conference the last couple of months. All right, you got a lot of good things about it, right? You had Freddie Anderson playing at a ridiculously high level. You had a power play goal from Martin Natchez, who hadn't scored in the last six, a power play goal from Brady Shea, who's suddenly on the power play, and we're going to hear from Brady in a second, and you had great goals from Jalen Chatfield and Tavo Teravainen, and maybe the play of the night from Brent Burns that really turned the game around in Carolina's favor. But at the end of the game, Max Pacioretty re-injured his Achilles, it appears, will get confirmation with an MRI on Monday. And if he's done for the year, and Carolina's got to figure out how to replace the guy they were thinking would be the mid-season offensive boost they needed, now they 
need another one, but first let's get back to one of the goal scorers, Brady Shea, on the mood. Yeah, no, it's definitely uh, put a damper on the wind a little bit. Um, you know, after seeing how much work he's put into this point, you know, we're just thinking about him right now, and uh, it's just really, really tough to see. All right, Shea's been great. Shea now has a career-high 10 goals. Jalen Chatfield has scored five in his last 13 games. Brent Burns had a big goal last night. Here's the truth. Those guys on the blue line, that's not support scoring. They're supposed to chip in, but Carolina needs help. Without Max Patchy ready, time to go get yourself a real number two center. Not Paul Stasny. No offense to Paul Stasny. He wasn't brought here to be a number two center. Calvin DeHaan on the third pair defensively? I think the Hurricanes need an upgrade there. They certainly need, at the very least, some insurance there. Let's see what the organization thinks about this team. If they don't add for this team, then maybe they don't think it's good enough to win a Stanley Cup, because that's what they'll be telling you. That's what they'll be telling them. I think this team is good enough to win. In order to do that, you got to go out and pay the price and add. We'll find out. Anyway, we'll see everybody Saturday against the Islanders. That's Adam Gold. That's two minutes. Check out the Canes Corner podcast wherever you get your podcast. And I agree with Adam. If the Canes are in this cup window and they've been acting like they are and the whole point of the moves they made this offseason were to get dudes. I'm going to sound Gilio. I'm going to sound in a way that I hate sounding when it comes to sports talk radio. I think I think you've been working with me long enough now that I try to avoid being, you know, meathead, knuckle-dragging, you know, basic sports talk bro, right? I try. I try. But in this particular case, I can't I can't help but engage, man. Like if you're Tom Dundon, what do you want? Do you want a consistently good team that crushes it in the regular season, fills the building, has a chance in the playoffs, but ultimately gets bounced by teams that just have dudes? Or do you want to go after that Stanley Cup for real? Not just make moves in the offseason, but actually, as Adam said, pay the price to bring somebody on who can be a clear difference maker the way you thought Max Pacioretty could. If he goes on long-term injured reserve, it's going to free up a bunch of cap space. And there are guys out there that can be had that would immediately help you out when it matters. Because I understand that the Canes have been pretty good without Max Pacioretty. That's not the point. The point of bringing him on was to be the difference maker in the postseason. And it looks like that's not going to be the case. So go out and get get yourself a dude, man. Get yourself a dude. Because this core that you have now might not be around in the next couple of years. Not the next couple of years. It's next season is the window. Yep. 23-24. You have Aho goes off the books. You have Tara Vinen goes off the books. Not only that, Brady, Shea, Brett, Pesci, both. Mm-hmm. Would all four would need to be resigned. I just mentioned four of the six best players on the team. Earlier in the show, you had mentioned Sebastian Aho as a potential trade chip, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think the Carolina Hurricanes want to do that. I don't think they want to do that. But I do think pointing out where those contracts are only further solidifies something that you and I can both agree on, and that is these windows are not givens. And the Carolina Hurricanes, the Carolina Hurricanes in the past got to this point. They won the Stanley Cup because they acted like a team that truly believed that they could win it. So they made the moves that were necessary to do so. And while I understand there's a pull to have long-term success, you don't want to mortgage the future. Last time I checked, this is about getting the damn cup. 
So act like it. That's all I ask. And if you're going to do it with this group, you need to do it. That's what I'm saying to you. Do you think? Because I don't know if people realize Ajo's contract situation and Taravainen's contract situation. And Pesci's another one, you know. Are they going to pay Pesci? We we have not seen Tom Dundon. We've seen him go with Svechnikov mm-hmm. and, and reward Svechnikov. Now, even that's a little bit of a reduced rate given the season he's he coming. Well, but he's also coming off the entry-level deal. Yeah. Right? Like, the price of poker is about to go up in hockey with the salary cap going up. Mm-hmm. Credit to Tom Dundon. He's been willing to spend up to the cap. Okay? The Canes aren't some cheap team that won't spend the money. The issue becomes... They made a lot of smart moves before Dundon got there to have Slavin, to have some of the younger players under contract that they had. Now that window starts to close on you. And you have to make it. You have to make that hay while the sun shines, Joe. And you need to decide too. Because if you are going to make a move with mm-hmm. Ajo and Taravainen, mm-hmm. if you are, now's the time they have value. They don't have value next year. No. Because teams look at that and go, well, same thing as you might look at Bo Horvat right now from Vancouver and go, well, then he, then they're a rental. Yes. Well, how, what am I supposed to do with these players? And I don't, by the way, I don't have a problem with a rental. I don't. Sure. I really don't. If the point is to win the go to go and win the Stanley Cup, fine, go get the rental. I understand that people want to play 4D chess when it comes to this stuff. And the Canes, and given their recent history with Tom Dundon, they'd be more likely to try to find a guy that they can sign to a deal. Or what happens with Bo Horvat, as you mentioned, there's something that gets worked out where he signs a long-term contract with trade. I don't know. We'll see. Now, would Jim Rutherford act as a Carolina Hurricanes sleeper agent? Would he do that? Would he actually take a hometown discount deal to help the Canes out? No. No, he wouldn't. (laughs) As fanciful as that might be, Jim ain't doing that. No, Jim needs to do what's best for the Vancouver Canucks. He has an asset right now, and I, I was reading it on uh, ESPN. They were talking about Horvat's the type of player that not only will the teams who are in the playoffs be interested in acquiring, mm-hmm. but teams outside of the playoffs will be too, and that's going to drive up the price. More great news for carry commuters. With the new GoCarry app, you can track your bus live on the interactive map feature. Stay informed with the latest news and service updates right at your fingertips. Save your favorite locations and routes for quick and easy access, making your daily commute a breeze. Plus, with the GoCarry app, you can easily connect to GoCarry.org for even more resources and information. Best of all, the GoCarry app is absolutely free to download on the Apple and Google Play stores. GoCarry, where getting there is just a tap away without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies count on real-time product availability and fast delivery call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done Dennis, do you have the do you have the uh, Stephen A. Smith on the talk show that was uh, this week? I think I, I put that in the team's chat earlier. Good Morning America. No, it was on. Uh, oh, I, prefer, I forgot her name. She's got a she's got a daily talk show. Regardless, not Kelly Clarkson. Not Kelly Clarkson. No, it's it was always come, on here at the station. I do have it. Okay, so um, the Super Bowl 
couple a couple things related to the NFL that the NFL is always thinking big picture here, right? So they've um, they've understood the power of the Super Bowl halftime performance, and there have been some changes about how the Super Bowl halftime performance comes around, and they've changed sponsorships recently. It's it's an Apple Music thing, which means we're now getting Rihanna. Love it. It's great. But Stephen A. Smith decided to go on this talk show and besmirch Rihanna for some reason. No. And I I don't know what he was trying to do, but I, I have a theory. So here's here's Stephen A. Smith on this show talking about the upcoming Super Bowl halftime show and saying this about Rihanna. Rihanna is going to be. I'm very excited. Are you excited for this halftime show? I don't want to say I'm not excited. She's fantastic. That's yes. not where I'm. That's not where I'm going with this. Okay, where are you going? Ladies and gen- ladies and gentlemen, she's a lot of things. She's spectacular, actually. Yes. And congratulations on new mamahood. Yes. <laughs> well, he's in a room of women here. What is he about to step not. into? Right. Uh huh. She ain't Beyonce. I know she's not Beyonce, but you know, wait a minute. Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> Hold on. Steven. The only reason I brought up. The only reason, the only reason I brought up Beyonce yes. is because Beyonce recently performed at the Super Bowl. Yes, she did. And and with with and without <laughs> Bruno Mars and Coldplay. Okay, so Beyonce performed, but she's had her time. Now there's Rihanna. Rihanna's coming back. She got that extra um of motherhood. So I like Rihanna. I, you know what? I I, I like television. Uh-huh. I like a lot of talent out there. There's some spectacular females in television. I just want to say that. Everybody ain't Sherry. Yeah, okay. Let's see, see, see what you did Sherry. there. Uh, that's Stephen A. Smith. That's, that's Sherry Shepard's uh, daytime talk show. So apologies. I forgot what show it came from. But, yeah, it's the Sherry Shepard daytime talk show. So as I watched this this morning, I went, here's another dude from the world of sports acting like the shtick that works in our world works in the entertainment world and it never does like if Stephen a smith goes on first take and says tom brady is whatever but he's no this he's no joe montana you know mad dog starts losing his mind like bah, 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 you know whatever he brings some guy on to argue and that's the whole point you argue okay you don't do that with beyonce rihanna taylor swift Harry Styles, you bring up BTS on the internet and you say, well, they're no in sync or whatever, and people will come after you. It's not the same, man. Even somebody that is not at the level of Beyonce or Rihanna, did we not explain how Russell Wilson entered in a whole new stratosphere yeah. with un- like people knowing who he was? They didn't know him as Russell Wilson's Super Bowl winning quarterback. And all the backstory that came along with it, which you can check out and never failed the Russell Wilson story. They knew him as Sierra's husband, all right? And again, I just thought it was hilarious. Stephen A. Smith apparently had to go online and, like, apologize to the Rihanna fans out there. Dude, no. Learned a quick lesson, man. Quick lesson. It does make you wonder, though, if they did have a live audience for some of these, even for us. Oh sure. When you start, yeah, like you could read that one quickly. Oh, it's like you said it was what? Going, you said that, what about you, Riri? You better start digging now. I mean, Gilio. I'm sitting here thinking like all the women who were going like, what? You don't like Matt Rule? Like if we had an audience full of Nebraska and Baylor and yeah, Temple but, fans, but but none none of those people have purchased Fenty. 
is what I'm saying, or whatever the whatever the lingerie brand that Rihanna has. I think that's what it's called. Just saying. Would you buy Matt Rule lingerie? Like if if like all the people in the audience have Matt Rule that's smocks. What the, that's what the smock. That's what the is. smock is. Yeah, yeah. It's like you see all these people. That's, you say, you think Matt Rule's trash and they're all Wait, wearing what? socks? What? I do it. What? Anyway, the lesson here, folks. The lesson here is. <laughs> our sports world is a small world alright it's a small world and what typically plays out and what ends up being entertaining is when we have you know grown ass men on television losing their minds about who the best quarterback is and it's expected that you're going to say well I think this guy is great and he's better than this guy you don't do that online when it comes to Beyonce, Rihanna and various other artists okay I mean, Ticketmaster might actually see some reform because they screwed up the Taylor Swift ticket rollout. That's serious business. That's mainstream. And I love it. Absolutely love it. I couldn't get over the reaction. She's no... He he thought he was going to get a cheap pop. Like, yeah, Beyonce. Beyonce stands. Stand up. The Bayhive. No, 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 no. That turned on him quick. It's the OG. Alongside Joe Giglio, I'm Joe Ovias. If you miss anything from today's show, check it out on the best of the OG podcast. Find that wherever you get your podcast. Look ahead to the NFL divisional rounds. Uh, we'll see if Stephen A. Smith, you know, loving clowning on the Cowboys, he'll get to do it again. See, now that'll play if the Cowboys do this. Next. There's a recurring theme on this show where we like to tell you we were right about stuff or peep the game. The NFL is always going to find a way to turn some tragedy or potential tragedy into a money-making scheme if they can, if it all works out. Well, that's exactly what happened with DeMar Hamlin. DeMar Hamlin is alive, man. That's what matters. But there was a lot of hand-wringing about what to do with that Monday night football game that they suspended, which ended up being canceled and not made up. And it created a scenario for a neutral site conference championship game on the AFC side. And it's going to be played in Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz whatever dome. And I said, y'all, watch. Sure enough, the NFL put out a statement today talking about how great the ticket demand has been. It's been amazing. They've sold like 50,000 tickets already for this thing. Because what they were initially worried about was that they would need Atlanta season ticket holders, residents, open tickets to do it. No, they've been an amazing job of doing it. And this goes back to an old NFL idea. I think it was Lamar Hunt who wanted to turn the conference championship games into like a Final Four. Go to a host city and have these two games, play one Saturday, play one Sunday, move on. And make it a big opportunity for people to travel that might not be able to go to the Super Bowl. A cheaper version of going to the Super Bowl. Cheaper. You know what I mean, relatively speaking. Because the, the Super Bowl itself is a corporate event. Correct. Right? Lo and behold, with the strong ticket demand, there's more conversation about, oh, we might do this, this might again. Work. Look, this is the this is the league that turned the draft into an event and now takes it on the road, man. I was also surprised they played this game in Atlanta. Yeah. I don't think of Atlanta as a 
stronghold city. Neither do I, but a lot of events take place there. So. Yeah. I think Indy would have made more sense. I would have even played it in Toronto. TBH. That would have been fun. Yeah. They Cold, have a dome. Though. No, they Cold. have a dome. I know, it's, I know, I know, I know, but they're thinking about like opportunities for people to party and stuff like that. Gotcha. That's why the neutral sites will end up uh, being more Trust like me. Remember the year the f- when... Uh, <laughs> edit. Edit your voice. Edit yourself. Mm-hmm. When Ray Lewis got in trouble mm-hmm. during a Super Bowl in Atlanta, there yes. was an ice storm and there was. paralyzed Atlanta. I mean, heck. Happen- paralyzed. Happened in Dallas, too. Remember? Um, when they actually, they actually put unconstructed seats. Uh, and there was, there was a whole disaster around that, too, because Dallas had the same thing. But I see what you're saying. Anyway... Just a reminder, peep the game, man. NFL knows how to turn this stuff into money-making operations. That's why they are the Amer- America's king of sport. There's also thirsty Bills fans everywhere. This is true. This That's is why true. I was thinking Toronto, but makes sense. As far as the games themselves, you bring up the Buffalo Bills. We'll start there. On Monday, what are we talking about? I think we're talking about a Bills win. I'm I'm that worried about the Bengals' offensive line. Okay. 60% of their starters are out for this game. And they, let's be honest, they weren't that good to begin with. Mm-hmm. And I think the Bills defense, even without Vaughn Miller, can pressure Joe Burrow. I think they can win a low-scoring game. I think they can win this game. Now to the other side of the AFC bracket. You got Kansas City and Jacksonville. Amazing story for the Jaguars to turn it around and beat the Chargers the way that they did. But now you get to go up against Patrick Mahomes. Um, No. Don't think that's happening. This feels like the week Patrick Mahomes reminds people like me. Yeah. Like, hey, I didn't think you were going to be that good without Tariq Hill. Yeah, no, hey, I didn't yeah. think you were going to make it. Like, there, I think this has this has 44-17 written all over it, in my opinion. Hey man, never forget that this was going to be Josh Allen's league mm-hmm. this past season. That it was Joe Burrow's son. That Patrick Mahomes has just quietly had yet another MVP season. And I think it'll be the worst thing for the Chiefs, by the way, because you know how I feel. I'd I'd rather you play poorly and win than Fair. pour it. I think that I'll think I think they'll pour it out, play their Super Bowl this week, and everybody's going to be on them next week. Because oh my God, did you see the Chiefs? They're unstoppable, Mahomes. Oh my sweet Lord! And then the whoever survives this Bills Bengals game is going to beat them. Over to the NFC side of down things. in Hot Atlanta. Hot Atlanta. Over to the AFC side of or the NFC side of things, where I think the Dallas Cowboys week of the nineties. I can smell it. Now, they're going up against a good San Francisco 49ers defense. Dak Prescott's going to look more like the Dak Prescott we've seen in the regular season. Brock Purdy's going to have his mistakes. He's going up going up against a great defense, too. But the Dallas Cowboys schadenfreude will kick into high gear this weekend. It's possible. I do think the Niners are the best team on that side. They are. But I'll say this about uh, Micah Parsons. I think they can get pressure on Brock well, I'm, Purdy. I'm and with I, you on that. I don't think Brock Purdy handles per- pressure well. So it's going to be on Kyle Shanahan to keep that yeah. offense on schedule. That's going to be a big challenge. It wouldn't stun me if Dallas won the game, um, even though I do believe that the Niners are the better team. Giants and Eagles, I don't want to oversimplify this matchup. How healthy is Jalen Hurts? We're going to find out. You know, he struggled in the final week of the regular season against the same Giants, even though mm-hmm. that was all, that was Giant, those were Giants backups. I think Kayvon Thibodeau has been a difference maker as a rookie. I think they was the steal of the NFL draft. 
Is Daniel Jones going to look as good as he did against the Minnesota Vikings? I have my doubts. I have my doubts, too. Because the Vikings' defense is trash. So, However, I do think this is a division game. You're seeing a team for a third time. I don't think it's going to be an Eagles walk, but I do think the Giants will cover. Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate.